You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. WA. My name's Sean Kelly. This is the World Football Programme with you for the next two hours. Thank you to Frank and Jerry for another wonderful Celtic ramblings. Always good to hear my native language being spoke so wonderfully well by Frank. Um, just drags me back home, which is always a good thing. Um, in the studio, when only the best will do, <laughs> I get hold of Huey. Huey Best, good morning. What, the best wasn't available today then, Sean? No, <laughs> no. I, I looked under the, uh, under the barrel, there was nothing there, <laughs> lifted up the slab it was on, and there you were. <laughs> <laughs> always nice to be welcomed so warmly, Sean. Morning, and morning listeners how are we all yes wonderful uh, another big week in football as it always is lots and lots going oh, on there? you know there's a closed season and still things get busier and busier and busier so on the show today we're going to start off with greg farrell who is always busy 365 oh, weeks he he's always going on 365 days a year not weeks um and he's um you know with wa futsal and one of the sponsors they're really good to us and, and good to the people out there in the, in the world of football yep. um, and there's always something going on out there we'll talk to him about futsal and I know because he's a, a big uh, supporter of women's football we'll talk to him about the Matildas games and his thoughts on those yep. um, then we're going to talk to Aaron Trevathan who like us is a football tragic but he, he really is. is one of the football tragics that's his podcast yep absolutely and uh, we're going to talk to him about the upcoming A-League um, there's a lot going on in that space which we'll talk about and um, then we'll follow up with some EPL stuff as well yes then Ryan Lennigan from Football West Ryan's a great guy um, doing a lot of good work out there isn't he yep. and there's a lot happening out there in, oh. in the world of football I don't west think we're going to fit it all in sean well we'll, we'll get away <laughs> and then we'll finish up with uh, matt stacy who is the glory super fan um and we'll be talking to matt about the launch that they had the other day um just and about a bit about him and you know how you end up being um a rubbing s- shoulders with uh 
Perth uh, superstars. And, and how you end up being a super fan, you know. Super I mean, fan. Uh, well, you know. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. He's, he's brilliant. We love Matt. Yeah, in, in the absence of a piece of paper telling you you're mad, the next thing you can do is become a super fan, <laughs> I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's great. I think it's, it's brilliant. These are the sort of people yeah. we need. Um, um, what was his name? The the guy that followed Portsmouth that changed his name to. <sighs> I know. He just yeah. look. We, we've been having a, a bit of an issue this morning, haven't we? About trying to remember names. Who and, are you? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Look, it, it's interesting though because you, you know the. It's that level of, of support you need. That every oh, yeah. club has someone who is just absolute nut job. Well, for the, the Birdman for Colombia. Every yeah. World Cup, you see him dressed up in his uh, in his Condor costume all around the world. It, 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 he's yeah. another super fan. And, and that blonde haired haired girl at Sweden. Well, the camera's always on them anyway. So yeah. You know. Well, I thought you were going to go Brazil there for a minute. Those cameras are no, on. no. <laughs> well, who, who would be so crass, you? Well, probably us. <laughs> <laughs> probably, yeah. Um, all right, so the, the big news is the Sturridge has landed. Yes. Thursday. Yep. Hit the ground and two weeks quarantine and yep. then, you know, hopefully that's the, the start of big things for us. Yeah, no, it was a slight disappointment there because uh, we, as listeners would know, we had um, Tony Sage on. Uh, yep. A couple of weeks ago, and he was trying to get some exemption so he could not just hit the ground running. He could hit the ground running and training with the with the squad at the same time. Unfortunately, yeah. that hasn't come to fruition. But um, he'll be doing some some fitness work inside the government's the, been the fairly quarantine. strict on that side. Nero's yeah. um, in quarantine and will be coming out shortly. Yep. So there are things happening all the, all the way through. Um, Sagey has been on the news, you know, saying that he felt like just chucking it all in. Yeah, yeah. I know why he feels like that. I spoke to him at the um, the Glory Open Day at uh, Fremantle Oval. Yes. And his biggest um, fear is that the government don't allow the the sportsmen in. They're all everybody in the club and everybody associated with football. That all the the backroom staff are all double jabbed. They're all getting tested on yep. a regular basis. As are we. We have to find a way mm. to make it work. And state government, very, very strict on all of this stuff, and it's going to make it unworkable. It's already killed the baseball season. Yep, that's right. Um, you know, again, it wouldn't be Hugh Best on the radio without mentioning Subudio. The Australian Table Football Association are trying to organise a um, an international event uh, based in, in Sydney, and I've been advocating on, on this side of the, the country that... Um, it, it's not very feasible with the uh, COVID situation on the eastern states and with travel restrictions. Even mm. though, as I said, both yourself and, and myself are double jabbed, it's still not going to be enough for us to be able to, to travel freely at this point in time. Yeah, but the the thing is, you look at it now, the eastern states, you know, Sydney and even Victoria, or New yeah. South Wales and Victoria yeah. are all opening up their borders, talking about opening up internationally. Yeah. And here we're just going, nah. Well, um, and, and, and I think there's got to be yeah. some balance, you know, COVID is not going away. I've said I said this two years ago. We are going to have to find a way of living with it, That's you right. know. Um, and just not letting it in is not feasible. I I don't know what would happen when it comes into the winter season and they tell the Eagles and the Dockers that now you can't have teams coming and playing over here. You'll have to go over east and play in a, a hub because they'll just wow. go. No, that's not happening. And then you know. Whilst, whilst he's riding the crest of a wave of popularity at the moment, um, 
Australians and their sport, and it's not just Aussie rules. It's no. cricket, baseball, yes. um, Sabutio. Yes, <laughs> every, thank you. No, but what I'm saying is, for, from fringe sports right the way through to mainstream sports, exactly. we are all sports fans, um, and it's very hard to find an Aussie that's not interested in sport. Well, that's right, yeah. Um, that, yeah, you can turn things around very, very quickly. Yeah. I mean, we only have to, uh, again, mention the other sports, the, uh, the hoo-ha that surrounded the English decision to, to, to actually play in the Ashes yeah. series this summer. It's like, wow. Yeah, in everywhere but Perth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, that you, thought, you, you've got all these teams, they're all double champs, mm. they're all getting tested yep. on a regular basis. They fly in, they stay in hotel accommodation, they play the game at the arena, they get on a plane, they go home. Yeah. Where is the risk? Exactly. You know, and that to me is where, where we're looking going forward. Um, in other news... In other news. Uh, yeah, another news, yeah. The Socceroos are going to be playing at home to Saudi on November the 11th, Remembrance yep. Day. Yeah, yep. Um, but, yeah, that'd be a great uh, thing to have them back on soil after 17 months. Yes, it will be. We had uh, Pete on, and uh, he was suggesting it should be played in Tasmania. That, that'll uh, fix up the Saudis in their <laughs> hot and humid climate. Go and play in Tasmania. See how you like that one. Yeah, but, well, why not? But it's not going to be, obviously. It's going no. to be in Sydney. And I seem to remember reading somewhere, I think, is it where Donovan's gone to Sydney? Is it, have they made a signing there? We'll have to oh, check on that one. I'm going to, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and then we've got uh, Anastagic to coach the Philippines women. <sighs> yeah, okay. You know, it, he's a great coach. Uh, I'm surprised it's taken, uh, again, the, the situation at Newcastle. Obviously, uh, things going on behind the scenes there necessitated that uh, that change but philippines again central coast hmm? he's central coast isn't he central coast sorry yeah, yeah. newcastle central coast oh, i know same yeah. place isn't so, it somewhere over there on yeah. the other side of the country who cares yeah, well, yeah exactly yeah. but philippines are in our uh, in our region oh and playing australia in that's, that's right yeah so i mean you'd think he'd have the inside skinny on them <laughs> Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> yeah, no. Look, it makes for, it makes just for an interesting um, aside. You know, he will have all of that stuff. But for them, a great appointment, I think, for the Filipinos. Oh, um, and now. obviously, they're looking to increase their profile and their world rankings. Yeah, all right. I'm going to go to the phone. I'm going to see if I can get this desk. Yeah, we are having technical working. difficulties, and surprisingly and enough, it's not me behind the desk. <laughs> <laughs> I think you may break this the other way. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, and we'll be back with Greg Farrell from West Coast Futsal. So back after these messages. Hi, I'm Rose, a junior trainee at Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. I am the fourth generation of our family business. Oswest Fencing is built on 50 years of experience creating unique fencing and gates and servicing the West Australian community. Let us help you secure and refurbish your home or business with customised materials and automation made to laugh. Ring us on 9258 6822 to discuss your ideas or visit our online galleries at auswestfencing.com.au That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au Station Sponsor West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal. With a vibrant new look and re-imaging, we are now Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport to all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, 
pathways to academies, and elite club competitions, and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, as an individual or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's, or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport, and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at or via our website www.futsalwa.org.au You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Yeah, so I've just had a, uh, a check there. Sean was mentioning about Roy O'Donovan uh, before the break. Um, his Wikipedia page hasn't been updated there, Sean, unfortunately. The last uh, entry was that he'd signed for Sydney Olympic in the uh, Sid, uh, New South Wales NPL, and that was uh, on the 21st of October. But just going through his stats, I mean, the, the guy has been almost everywhere. Oh, he's a beast as well. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, he obviously started it with, uh, with Cork City. I won't say obviously, but, I mean, he started with Cork City, then got the move to Sunderland. He's, uh, he's played, you know, over 350 games, 140, oh, 100, yeah, about 140 goals. You know, Irish international, fantastic stuff. Now, before we get on to, um, on to um, Aaron, we've uh, got a few... Um, interesting news stories, one of which is um, those that may or may not know, the special one, Mr Mourinho, he's uh, currently managing in Italy again, but this time with Roma. He's actually going to face a manager he's never faced before. Apparently, this is newsworthy. He's going to uh, play against Stefano Pioli, who is managing Milan. So that that's an interesting thing. The guy's been everywhere. You would have thought he's particularly in, in top-flight football around the world, that he would have played most of the managers. But but no, there's one that uh, that's theirs. So keep an eye out for that one on the weekend. So that's uh, Milan versus uh, Mourinho's Roma. Another one, uh, for those that may have missed it last night, was um, PSG had a, uh, a 2-1 win over Lille. Uh, Marquinhos scoring in the 74th minute and Di Maria with an 88th minute uh, winner, so Messi was watching the game from the stands uh, after he was replaced at half time. So mm. uh, one would think it might have been for uh, player management because you know if you've got Messi in the starting eleven, you, unless he's fallen off the cliff, you, you're not dragging him off. No, absolutely not. I don't know why they they would have done that with him. Um, we're having some troubles getting hold of Greg, so we'll need to um, yeah yeah just. Uh, yeah, go without. Um. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, because yeah, he's, he's always. Uh, well, he might be refereeing or something at the moment, so I'll I'll try him again. More than likely, knowing him. But a um, couple of games during the, the past week with the Matildas, yes, um, and I think you know some uh, excellent results. Yeah, yeah. Well, both results were good. I mean, obviously the the first result. Um, it's it's interesting that we go into a game of, of football against Brazil. And we're favourite, and we're the favourites. Yeah, so yeah. that is a, for number one. That is astounding. You know, there's yeah. there's very few teams in the world that could go into a game yeah. against any Brazilian teams and be considered the favourites. Exactly right. And and with the the US games coming up as well. I mean, there, there's another one with the, you know four or five time World Cup winners. Uh, the US we're considered to be 
on par with them. Yeah, absolutely. And, no, look, and yeah, would they go in a slight favourite? Maybe home home uh, team advantage gives us a bit of favouritism as well. So yeah, we're looking forward to those. But yeah, that first game. Um, Sam Kerr, again, just a superstar. She's only one goal short of the all-time Australian record of goal scorers, which is held by, you know... Some uh, bloke called Cahill some, or something like that. Some other guy, yeah. I can't remember anyway. And she's only played one more game mm. uh, than Tim Cahill played. And so, I mean, Sam, oh, no, look, Sam, can, Sam can go on for another, oh, let's hope, another 10 years, but yeah. oh, probably not. So imagine where she's going to finish up. And and so, again, we, as we know with, with Cahill and, and Sam Kerr now, is that they're, they're hitting... A goal every other game. And, oh, and for a striker at any level, that's fantastic. But at international level, that is world class. Oh, it's phenomenal, yeah. And the good thing is, whilst you're still doing that, and you're thinking, oh, where's it going to come from in the future? Up pops Mary Fowler. <laughs> only, pops Mary Fowler. Only 18. <laughs> yeah. Um, phenomenal talent from oh, the yeah. midfield. You know, there's a, a goal-scoring midfielder, everyone's dream. Yeah, that's oh, exactly. You know, and, and let's hope we can see, you know, her in the, and I'm, I'm guessing she will be, her in the 23, in 23, and um, the pair of them as a, you know, a, a deep, well, I won't say deep line midfielder, but an attacking midfielder, scoring goals in Mary Fowler and uh, and Sam Kerr up front, picking up uh, whatever crumbs may may miss there and banging in goals there. Oh, absolutely. Look, and in, in the second game there, I thought they... they knew what Fowler could do, yep. so they they applied the press. Not only did she cope extremely well with the press, she managed to, to get her head up and pick out a teammate every time, which, you oh, know, yeah. for for any footballer, that's that's a phenomenal skill to be able yes. to do that. Well, how many, I'm sure you would have done it yourself, Sean, in your coaching, you know, get your head up, son, get your head up. And, and, and running with your head up, ball at feet, sensational skill to have. Oh, absolutely. And she was yeah. showing it in spades every time she did it. The, the two two probably probably had a bit of tiredness in it. I mean two games in, in what, five days. Yeah, but wasn't in the it? second game trialed a lot of newish players yes. and, and you know the, a number of those people proved that they can cope at that level. So I think yeah that that what we're looking at is a a, a good progression through to the future. I always thought with Gustafsson we might have some problems that he just picked what he knew, but he's not. He's actually showing that he's he's prepared to look yep. across the entire sphere and see what there is and pick people from from. Yep, no, that's right. It was and how good was it to see Marta? I I, I was worried that she may have retired after the Olympics, but uh, you know, just. The the Pele of women's football oh, in Brazil, no, absolutely. Look, a doubt. and it's it's always it's always sad sad to see a, a legend um, in decline. De- in decline, but yeah. having said that, she's still got a marvelous touch. She's oh, still yeah. a very good oh, player, unbelievable. Um, and I think you know, un- unlike the the previous games where there was a bit of ugliness towards the end, I yeah. think the Brazilians are, are realised that Australian aren't a minnow nation. Yeah. They they are up there and, and give them the due respect yep. now. And and that two two game, it was surprising the. The, the lineups the two teams started with. I mean, and again, listeners to the show will know that uh, I'm a big fan of Lydia Williams. So good to see her starting as the number one keeper for those, for that game. But Australia went with a four one four one, and the Brazilians went four two two two. I mean, who plays a four two 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 in anything other than football manager? Brazilian. You know, the Brazilians, the Brazilians, and Matt Cheeseman when he's getting some obscure Swedish team to the Champions League. Um, but brilliant to see, uh, you know, as I said, Sam scoring another goal. Um, and and, and that, 
that starting lineup for Australia, you know, with Carpenter, Kennedy, Polkinghorn, and Catley across the back four. I mean, that is uh, that is rock solid. It's a world class back four. Wow, it, it, it's unbelievable, and it just makes us all the more eager to see this Australian team develop as it as it is with uh, you know some of those younger players coming through. You know. Uh, Briley Henry getting oh, up there, Emma Checker. I mean, names that Charlotte Grant. Yeah, names that we may not know at the moment, but um, they're going to be in the mix to push that starting eleven all the way. You know, a player like uh, um, Emily Van Egmont. Yeah, must be looking over her shoulder going, oh, I'm in trouble here of missing out the World Cup. Oh, absolutely. But that's you know, what happens with, with someone like Emily Van Egmont. She's a um, great player. But again, we're talking about people that are at the, towards the tail end of a career. Correct. And, and you've got to be looking to progress forward. Yep. Anyway, joining us in this conversation Brilliant. is Greg Farrell. Greg, good morning. How are you? Good, gentlemen. How are you? Yeah, sensational. Good, mate. Um, obviously very busy out there in the world of football, <laughs> mate. <laughs> yeah, we... Uh, have ramped everything up moving into the summer, which has been really good, um, and and obviously finishing off the the outdoor season with Northern Redbacks as well has been quite full on. But we're we're there now, so everything's geared up and, and going for what should be a really good summer. Absolutely, and and look, it's a, it's a great summer sport, futsal. Um, you're still recruiting for teams and leagues, and um, is it is it too late, or are, are people still able to get get in? No, so for, for social football, most definitely. We um, we have competitions in Mount Lawley and Nedlands, which run Monday to Friday, and we're, we're always looking for, for new teams for those competitions. Um, teams can join at any point through the year, and we run probably about 46 to 48 weeks of the year. For the for the Super League, of those, those competitions have started, and, and teams kept... Like, there's no more space now for... For teams to come in there, um, especially for the seniors, as it it sort of runs through till April. Um, but most definitely for for anyone looking to play social futsal, there's always space. Yeah, absolutely. Now, with the um, interest from F- the FA and obviously through uh, Football West as their agents in this state, um, we're starting to get some state sides up and hopefully get um, into some interstate competition. Yeah, well, I know um, I saw an article. I think it was this morning or yesterday um, that there was there's a an indigenous team that was travelling to a tournament. Yeah, so um, the, which the, had to be postponed. Yeah, that's the women's side from uh, Geraldton, the the Janada side. I talked to Ryan Lennigan about that later. Disappointing. I mean, they've they've done a lot of work up there, um, and not just in the football side, but in the the strip as well. Has been designed um, by some some people within the community. So I think that it's sad because uh, I mean, the message out there is yeah, by all means you can go over there, but I can't guarantee we'll let you back in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know? well, and, and, and that's the. I know uh, Tanya Amazzini quite well. Yep. Um, Annie, my fiance, used to work for Football West, and they mm-hmm. worked together. And Tan- Tanya's brilliant. Yep. So I do, I do really feel for them. But I think that's that's still going to be the issue for a little while yet. Is what's going to happen if there's a case in in Queensland? Is is Mark McGowan going to pull that trigger again? And are people going to have to quarantine for fourteen days? 
Yeah, and it seems to me I'm blaming you for it because of the connections, <laughs> but the WA and Queensland seem to be the ones with the strictest borders. And I think it's just about you, but <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my uh, you can blame me. My parents are also blaming me. I'm not, not sure about coming home for Christmas. Annie's parents are blaming me because we're not sure about coming home for Christmas. <laughs> Seems I'm copying it from everywhere. Uh, that sounds fair, mate. I mean, it must be bad when two states don't want you in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. The good thing though is that I would never go to New South Wales or Victoria. No, I, and I know you wouldn't, Greg. No, look, it's it is, and I think it's it's something that's really coming to a fore now. We're talking about the glory. With, I mean, the baseball season's already canned. We've got cricketers playing over in, in the eastern states, but um, it's about how do we make this work going forward? We know we've got COVID coming into the state. Um, my information is McGowan's plans to keep the border closed until February yeah, after the school cool. holidays. Mm. And then once it opens up, if COVID comes into the state, health are looking for a six-week lockdown um, just to, to see how they cope with it. But, you know, the... The health system is is not healthy, um, and I don't see that no. as a reason as the rest of us should be penalised. But, you know, look, at the end of the day, this is how it's going to be going forward, and we need to, to basically learn to live with um, COVID. Yeah, yeah. well, and, and that's, that's exactly it. But there is going to be a point in time, and a lot of the other states are already there or thereabouts where we are going to have to accept that this disease now is going to come into to Western Australia. And I think Mark McGowan has said that he, he's not an idiot. He, he doesn't understand that. But he's mm. trying to get us to a point where there are so well, X number of Western Australians who are going to be less affected by it because the vaccine levels are high enough that it, when it does come in, less people are going to die. Yeah. And from, from that perspective, you can completely understand it. But we, it. It was why we've had the situations that we've had with with people being hesitant to travel. Yeah. Um, and I think... But we, we like, do, because of the complacency of this state, we've not had COVID in here. We haven't had it to the extent in New South Wales or Victoria. Um, there seems to be some complacency oh, yeah. around getting vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. And then, then of course, you've got the loonies, I mean, anti-vaxxers, um, <laughs> who, you know, for whatever reason, they think they're going to pick up radio through their teeth or something. I've got no idea what's going on. But, you know, a tinfoil well, hat is not going to save you. <laughs> my 5G got better with my second jab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had a sudden urge to email all my logins to Bill Gates, but I think he knew them already. <laughs> No, yeah, I, I have a funny feeling he, he's had that stuff for sort of the last 10 or 15 years. Yeah. yeah. No, look, I, I think it's just, you know, sensible. We all, I, I, I go down this line. Um, the people that can get themselves get, get vaxxed for the people that can't, and we protect the people that can't. There's a lot of autoimmune or immunocompromised people out there that we've got to look after. It's our community responsibility to look after someone else. Um, and, you know, my experience of it is I didn't get ill. Um, none of my family that have had it have got ill. I know one or two people that have got ill and their take on it was, I'm glad I had the vax because if that's what the vaccine did to me, what would the real thing do? Yeah, precisely. And that's, I've got, I've got a lot of friends in Europe and, and one of my very good friends did, did catch it without the vaccine. Um, and he just said it was, uh, it, it was the worst six, six to eight weeks of his life. But, it was just 
and, really debilitating. And that's um, the lucky ones because you get long COVID where for the next six months you still don't feel right. And as a, a sports person or an elite sports person, you, you can't afford to not have full lung capacity. No, well, and and that's the other thing. So um, I've got a couple of friends who... Um, have, well, I've got friends from, from the UK and uh, a friend of mine is, is a, a friend of Dean Henderson, the, mm-hmm. the Manchester yeah. United goalkeeper, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. he's had it. Yeah. Um, and, and it's been one of the things with footballers over there is how badly it has affected them, even even the ones who were vaccinated, even the ones who were in yep. the sporting bubbles. Um, and I think the, the Delta variant, and now I think there's a new variant as well, like... Like, like you said, it's something that we're going to have to live with and get used to. Yeah. But the the vaccine rates and, and everyone taking care of the fact that you've got grandparents and even parents who have got uh, situations where they're living in. Um, oh, if that, if that was only the yeah, case, I, I don't I don't have parents anymore. My mine died of COVID in New, at the New Year, so um, I've been through it myself. So I do know what happens if um, you don't have the vaccines. Uh, my entire English family have got it, but on the plus side, there is no one playing futsal in WA that has it. So happy days for you. No, but and, the, and but like you also said, we have become complacent because we'll yeah. have the signs up and we'll have the sign in sheets. Stuff and you walk into Woolworths so or you walk into IGA. Oh yeah, and you see people people just, breeze past it yeah. now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, just quickly before we finish, here and I were talking about the two Matildas games. What's your take on on both games? I I think it was awesome the way the way the Matildas played, but also to see him. Well, to see the way that they've started to experiment with with different situations and and ways of playing. Yeah. But uh, I have probably been a little bit critical of of some of the the Matildas players in the past, like Emily Van Egmond. But yeah. um, I think also getting the depth of players, the players like India Page Riley and yeah. some of those those young ones, getting them caps and getting them experience. Yeah. Angie Beard, like I coached against her years ago in the Queensland school system. Mm-hmm. She was a really nice, really nice kid. Very, very good player, and for her to have a Matilda's cap now against Brazil is is a brilliant thing. So I think yeah. he's doing he's doing something similar to what Ange did years ago, where yeah. he really, really looked around to try and expand the talent pool, and and we really needed it. Yeah, no, it was good to see that, that the subs he did make were that sort of category with. Uh, as you say, Angela Beard and Courtney Nevin and Claire Wheeler, the, yeah. the players that, that we may not be aware of at the moment, but oh, come, look, and, and come the, two years' time, we're going to go, why are they not the starting and, lineup? And the next superstar of the making, yeah. as in Mary Fowler, Mary I think Fowler, she's yeah. just awesome. Uh, and obviously very, very well named because uh, I can see a opposition coaches going, <laughs> that girl in the middle, Mary, foul her. <laughs> foul her. Right. Yeah. Since, well she's moved, since she's moved to France, she's, yeah. she's definitely gone up a couple of levels. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, Ellie Carpenter's world-class, and everybody knows that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Mary Fowler really is kicking on now, which is awesome. Absolutely. All right, mate. So uh, where do people find out about futsal and um, the, the social side of it so that, you know, they can keep themselves engaged and in touch with the game over the summer? Yeah, so we've got uh, – well, I mean, everything is online, of course. We've got yep. the Futsal WA website, www.futsalwa.org.au and 
the the Facebook pages, there's Futsal WA, Futsal WA socials. If you want to come down and watch some elite level futsal, there's the Superliga. Um, and of course, we have got links on the World Football Program Facebook pages and, yep. and yep. everything else. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, thank you for what you do in the game and for what you do for the radio station. Um, always good to talk with you, Greg, even if you are a very, very busy man. <laughs> yeah. No worries, gentlemen. You have a really good Saturday and at some point I hope you get to get out and enjoy the sun. Oh, I will do. Don't you worry about that. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Greg. Okay, yeah, Greg Farrell. Yep, and uh, yeah, again, with, with those technical difficulties we had earlier, we p- didn't get the chance to have a chat to him about the uh, the recent Futsal World Cup. And those that may have missed it, Portugal beat Argentina 2-1. Yes, yeah, and, I know. And, and Kazakhstan made the made the third, fourth place playoff. They, they actually mm. got beat by Brazil 4-2. The giants of Kazakhstan. Yeah, the giants of Kazakhstan. So, you know, you, you, your Futsal semi-finals, you're going, Brazil, yeah, Argentina, yeah, Portugal, yeah, Spain, no, Kazakhstan. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Very big in Kazakhstan. So, look, it's great. And I and, think, you know... And the eventual winners, Portugal, only got past Kazakhstan in the semis on penalties. Unbelievable. Yeah. And when we talked to Ryan about the Asian Cup at... Um, at uh, in India? Lang- in, uh, no, Langi Park, the one they just... Oh, OK. Yep. Was just held. I think the, the, t- the final was Afghanistan A versus Afghanistan B. You know, That's so, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, terrific... Quite, yeah. Terrific <laughs> composition that, that they held there as well. So we'll talk about that shortly. I'm um, surprised they f- didn't forfeit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be like that. Don't really. be like that. No. <laughs> Been in a tournament like that where, there are, yeah, the A and the B team got into the uh, the final and they went, oh, we're off to the pub. It's like what? No, the A team won. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, 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 look, in all the in all the clubs I played for, particularly if you're in in the reserves and you played the first team in a scratch match on a Thursday night before the kick them. Uh, the Razzies normally won them Yeah Because the Razzies were the ones Who were going We're going to beat these blokes We're yeah. going to show them And the first team Were sort of in cruise mode But <laughs> after a while They, they kind of put the, the pressure on and, yeah. yeah But that's how it goes that's no, it. That, that, one was, uh, that was a uni uh, tournament That one So that's why They just went We're off to the bar See you later no, The bar's <laughs> the most important thing in uni ones, you know? <laughs> I coached um, Masters um, For a while And our, our performances Improved When we decided To stop playing football And, and doing training And just went to the bar instead So <laughs> <laughs> what can I tell you? Yeah, finely tuned athletes. We just had to just wait a that little it. bit. It's That's all, master's all about preparation. Well, we're advocating that, but, you know, it's just a, just a training tool. Three stone is a social event, and, and I think you know we're more socially adjusted, so it's <laughs> yeah. able to to play better because of it. But yeah, <laughs> and you can't teach thirty five to forty five year old men anything. Really. No, no, and and so those who who may have missed what we were trying to say with with Stagit going to be facing yeah. us. It's the um, the twenty twenty two. Asian Cup of Women's Football that's going yes. to be held in India. The groups there are Group A, India, China, Taiwan and Iran. Group B is Australia and Stadich's new team, Thailand, the Philippines and Indonesia. So you'd like to hope that's a group we can top. And Group C, which is the group of opportunity, as I've been told to call it, not the group of something else, which is Japan, South Korea, Vietnam and Myanmar. Mm. Now, if Australia top their group and Japan finish second in theirs, it means we'll face each other in the in the semis, which you know that, that that's or oh, the quarter. Sorry, that's yeah. not good. But we'll see how we go, um, because you know, obviously you look at those sort of favourites there. You'd think maybe Iran top Group A, Australia top Group B, and mm. Japan or South Korea could top Group C. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so that goes straight to quarters, then semis, then the finals. Lots so. of good football to be played, though. That's the important part. That's right. All right, we're going to go to a break. We'll be back after that with Aaron Trevathan. So we're back after these messages. 
Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station sponsor. Oh, give me land, lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Oswest Fencing and Royal Tryon. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The Oswest team can offer four generations of advice, materials and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialise in colour bond, aluminium, steel and timber gates. Check out our galleries at oswestfencing.com.au That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM all right, seems to be having some trouble getting hold of Aaron. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to talk to me this morning. That's what it is, Hugh. Well, that's Hugh, what, that's Hugh what where are you? <laughs> well, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, look, it's another one of those mornings. Yep. Never mind. Look, uh, FFA, oh, sorry, the FFA Cup or the FA Cup as they're yeah, calling it now. Depending how you want to go about whatever, it. Football Australia Cup, yeah. Um, I'd see there's some games being played over East for it, but the one that concerns me most of all is... Um, victory versus glory. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what's happening. There's been lots of talk about victory having to forfeit it because of the um, COVID situation in Victoria and not being able to play it. And then the access to this state to play it at home. And then whether or not, then they're saying that the glory should have to play their home fixture away. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't it? know what's going on there. No. I'm really worried for that fixture. Well, and we discussed off air. I mean, the, there is a, a, a very, very real possibility that uh, the FA, Football Australia, mm. may just step in and go, whoops, game's abandoned. Mm. I can't see it happening because of the, the logistics and, and, and the legal aspects that that will uh, raise. Yeah, I know. The, the legal Tony Sage range. won't go, what do you mean we can't play and they win? Yeah. You know, there's no way that's going to happen. But with, as we discussed with the current situation, it's going to be difficult to get that one played. Absolutely, very, very difficult. The logistics of it being played are uh, phenomenal. So I don't know. I mean, there's there's so many scenarios being thrown up. One is that the victory forfeit. Um, the, it gets played, but it gets played not as a glory home fixture as it should be, but yep. glory have to go over there and play. And there's no guarantees under the current rulings that they come back. Nope. Then at the moment, because um, Victoria have only recently come out of lockdown, um are victory prepared for a game just yet? Are they in match condition? I doubt it. Well, let's hope not. Yeah. Oh, who said that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so um, there was a game uh, last weekend. Uh, so that was um, Melbourne – sorry, uh, the Brisbane Raw. They, they absolutely um, cruised past uh, the mm. Lions of Brisbane 4-0. Uh, Brisbane Derby, they called it. I mean, that was lambs for the slaughter, really. Yeah. Um, but – you know, you only beat what's in front of you, and and they did it quite comfortably, 4-0. Um, uh, interesting that uh, that was played at uh, the Lions, I mean, being that they were the home team, but the Lions Stadium, which was uh, in Richlands. So, mm. yeah. And um, Cyrus Demi scored the hat-trick there. So another good player to coming through the ranks we need to keep an eye on. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, when we're looking at it, the the whole um, the whole FFA Cup is, is at risk this year. I don't know how we're going to get through this this first stage. And then once we start looking at getting the A-League teams involved, a lot of them, particularly, you know, New South Wales and Victoria, are very early on in their pre-season preparation. Yep. I just don't know how that's going to affect those teams, lots of those teams have still got people coming in as as the glory do. That's right. No, exactly right. I mean, yeah, the longer it, this saga goes on, the the more time we get Sturridge out of quarantine yeah. and can release him onto the onto this A League. Yeah, and look, I suppose look from that side of it, and we've got a game coming up in um, early November. It's the the game against um, Adelaide. Adelaide have been also like us, not so affected no and they've been training um so at least that would be a a fairly good game uh on the basis that both teams should be at the prime of their fitness and you know their, their pre-season campaigns have been um successful yeah you know that, that that's right so uh, it's uh, it, it's yeah again <laughs> we, we need to come to a, a better working arrangement with this uh pandemic to, mm. So that we can avoid this sort of situation where we we just are unsure as to yeah we know the game's been scheduled will it be played where will it be played how will it be played you know it's going to be played in front of crowds it's going to be you know a a, a sanitised you know no no fan allowed venue mm. it's just it's just so so murky and, we, and but but having said that they've announced it. A new finals format. Yeah. Uh, well, if I'm, yeah, you're going to have to remind me on that one. It got a bit confusing there. What, what was that? Well, again? no, it's uh, the top six. Yeah. So thir- third play uh, sixth, fourth play fifth in a, a, yeah. a knock, not a, a, a um, cutthroat yeah. final. So yeah. the, the winner of that then goes through to the semis. Yeah. And the semis will be a home and away basis. So um, be one. So one the, and two get the week off. Yeah, one and two. Mm, I'm not a big uh, fan of that. No, but look, the, the thing is that at least that way, then once they've had the week off, one will play the winner of the three versus six, and two will play the winner of the um, mm. three versus. Uh, sorry, the fourth versus fifth. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah. Tinkering for tinkering's sake uh, is never fun. No, um, but you know, for, so. so but a home and away final. So yeah. at least then, if you're in that sixth spot and you do win that game, you're going to get a home game, which is important. Yeah. But, Sean, when are we going to do first past the post wins the lot? Never. Oh, come on. Every This is why we, we, we can't get into the, 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 the secondary tournament in Asia because we don't have a first past the post and a dedicated cup competition. We get the two places, mm. I mean the two guaranteed places, because it's the... The, the premier's plate and the toilet seat, you know. Let, yeah. let, let's just ditch the toilet seat and get on with it. Mm. Reward success over the season. Yeah. Don't go, oh, by the way, yeah, you weren't really good enough. You finished second, have a week off, look, be refreshed and see if you can win there, the toilet There's seat. part of me that doesn't disagree with you, but if you have a look over your right shoulder, yeah, you can yeah. see Australia out the window. That's where we are, mate, you know. And yeah. it's, a, it's an Australian tradition that... I've, I've had plenty of discussions with people who um, finals is just the way the Australians do it. And yeah, that's, you know. I, I, I get that. Mm. Cup final. You know, a cup final. We, we've got a cup competition. There's your final. 
Away we go. No, final series is the way it is here. Oh, you know, that's it. You come go, on. You, 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 uh, hand over your citizenship documents. Yep. I'll, I'll tear them up for you. Yep. Uh, <laughs> anyway, well, well uh, Sean, see if whether Aaron's a... Aaron's still not available? No, not yet. I've been trying. I've All right. Well, I was going to talk to me about the match of the day uh, coming up later on tonight with the early kickoff, uh, Fulham versus West Bromwich Albion. So everyone will tutor your, uh, your cable television there and get it on. I couldn't think of anything I'd rather miss than playing with Brom. Set it up. The other one's Leicester versus Arsenal. Who wants to watch that rubbish? Yeah, it's a good, good point. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd rather watch West Brom. And, and as we discussed <laughs> off there, Brendan Rodgers, how, how cheeky is that man? Oh, I know I've signed an extension at Leicester, but, geez, if Manchester United knocked on the door, I'm out. See you later, Leicester. I'm off. Well, now, the real big question is, what happens if, if Newcastle knock on the door? Did, wasn't he a Newcastle manager? Uh, no, no, well, no. But, well, New, but Newcastle knock on the door and they're carrying two suitcases with lots of cash <laughs> falling out of them. You know, um, and I suppose look, the, the the big news in England was that you know Newcastle now become the richest club in yes. the, in the EPL, um, which is brilliant for them. They you know, all these promises of buying in yep. the best manager, the best players, yep. um, without remembering they're in Newcastle. So yeah. I don't know what they're going to get. You know, and and. People say if you get if you pay peanuts you get monkeys if you pay cashews you get greedy monkeys. Yes. So, um, are they going to attract players that want to be there because they want to play for Newcastle, committed to that project, or are you going to get players who are there because they're going to get, you know, a hundred grand more than yeah. they would have got uh, wherever they were in the, in the planet. Yep. Um, and then with the financial fair play rules that are in place and all those other rules that they have yep. to deal with, how's that going to affect them? Well, that's right, and we won't go into the into the, the whole schematics of the um, the regime that's taken over at Newcastle. That, that's a completely different discussion. It'll take up. I know oh, if you go and go down the human the rights and morals, yeah, but that could take we, a while. We discuss. I mean, Mbappe had been, you know, squirrelling for a move out of PSG to go to Real Madrid for more money. Mm. Well, if it's just more money, he's off to Newcastle. Because not only is he going to get more money, he's going to get a shed load more money at Newcastle. Yeah, but is that going to be worth it? Because you're going to have to live in Newcastle. And, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, you get your private helicopter and just, you know, helicopter training, helicopter bag. Two but, words for you on that one, mate. Dave, Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Oh, oh I, <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to say David Beckham because that's what he used to do when he was... Uh, I know, but uh, I think, you know, in this day and age, there's, you know... Yes, you've got options and, and travel options are there, but, you know, helicopters are intrinsically unstable and I don't know if they... Yeah, well, that's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and other fixtures tonight, we've got uh, Burnley versus Brentford. That should be an absolute snooze fest. Mm. I ha- hate Brentford. Not a big fan of Burnley, but never mind. That, that's just my uh, And you opinion. hate Brentford because? Because they they are scavengers. They are the, the vultures of English football. They gave up their academy. Oh, look, we, we don't need to pump money into an academy to make our own players. Let's go and just pick the bones out of every other club particularly in London, and you know the clubs I'm talking about, and then get them into the first team. Most of them are, 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 are not English-based, and then sold them for a profit. You cheeky bug. Anyway, I'm not, again, there's another conversation for two hours <laughs> I'm not going to go into. Absolutely. And then um, Cloppy's Liverpool are going to be playing Brighton. That's These are all 10 o'clock kickoffs tonight. And then Manchester City versus Crystal Palace. Uh, we've got... The aforementioned Newcastle playing the other big guns of the financial fair play uh, game, Chelsea. 
Watford will play Southampton and Tottenham will play Manchester United. And that's a game that may, may be Solskjaer's last game in charge. Oh, yeah. You have to think so. And... You know, even a, even a win there is not going to take the pressure off uh, of Solskjaer with all the fallout that came from that Liverpool game. Tomorrow's games, um, we've got uh, Norwich versus Leeds. So again, another you know another game. I've got really you know Norwich are doing the um, doing the up and down. You know, couple of seasons or. Oh. In the Premier League, bank the money, back down the Championship, keep the squad, maybe invest one or two, back up in the Premiership, bank the money, back down to the Championship. You know, it didn't work for West Brom. It's not going to work for Norwich either. No. Uh, and then we've got uh, your team, Sean. West Ham will be away at uh, Aston Villa. So, yeah, we're playing so the villains. The Claret and Blue versus uh, the Claret and Blue. Yeah, look, it's interesting because <laughs> I, I, you look at why teams play in, in the colours they do. And I, I believe in the very early days of football, um, one of the owners at West Ham saw Aston Villa playing like the colours and then adopted them. So, sure, yeah. And that, that's it. You, and listen to this show will know, uh, and I'm going to say it again, the, the Juventus story. Uh, Juventus, when they were formed, needed a kit. Notts County said, you can have one of our old kits, which is why they now play and have always played in black and white stripes. <laughs> you know? It's interesting because I, I saw one of the, I saw the pictures from the um, World Cup that's been held down at Ashfield and um, I saw one of the teams playing in an old Ashfield kit, which I thought was quite, <laughs> quite amusing because I don't remember us giving that away. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they must have gone through the bin to get that one, hey? No, oh, I don't, I don't that's, know. That's it's, it's, one nice. of those, it's one of those ones that just suddenly went missing and now it's turned up. So oh, it went, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting story. But, um, yeah, look, I think tonight, um, being a, a neutral in tonight's games, I think I might just switch into the, the Liverpool game. Oh, um, no, come on, I thought you were going to go. You were going to go for the baggies there. Come on, mate. Oh, no, I'd like something to keep me awake. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Liverpool are going really well this year, and, and you know, obviously, you, you watch um, their their team. Sadio Mane's in magnificent form, um, and also, you know, you look at up front; it's just phenomenal to watch them. Last time I was, I watched them. Firmino banged in a hat trick, and you think uh, he was the forgotten man. But yep. you know, they're they're just such a dangerous side, and you know, I'd be interested to watch them. Um, Solskjaer playing Tottenham yeah, may not be at risk. I watch. You don't. You don't think. No, well, you know, West Ham played Tottenham recently. I didn't really think Tottenham were that strong. I didn't think over overall they're not travelling at all well. There's something very wrong with Tottenham. Harry Kane's just not wow. doing yeah. Harry Kane no, things. No. Son looks unhappy. Um, there's just, they're just not gelling as a side. Yeah, so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, and, and coming up... Well, new, man, new manager, new style, yeah. all of that may well go away eventually, but right now they're just not looking like a happy team. Okay, so maybe Solskjaer survives for an, an, another game, which will then be the Atalanta versus Manchester United game in the Champions League on Tuesday. Yeah. That'll be his last game. Well, you don't know. There's the, he's, he's <laughs> getting a, he, No, he's getting a lot of support in, in his role, mainly from, uh, you know, Liverpool, Man City... West Ham, Tottenham fans, but you know we'd all like to see him stay there for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, and so I mean that's for the Reds out there. That's that's the pick of the games on Tuesday. But yeah. mine would be the uh, the Bayern Munich Benfica game. That that mm. looks an absolute cracker. You know, Bayern Munich, uh, you know, just steamroll everybody. But Benfica, they're you know, Czech history people. Benfica are a great side oh, historically, yeah. and and. 
just regularly dominate the Portuguese league. Hmm. I must have a look at see how Slutz are getting on as well. It's been a while since we checked in. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that real football's back. No, no. <laughs> it's interesting. When you go through COVID. I mean, we, we went through um, checks and back insides, then we went through a German phase, and yes, we yeah, did. No, then everything else started back up again. But I must keep a check on those sides because that was um, it was quite interesting, and there was there was little things turning up. There was Australian flags in the in the ground and. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it shows you how global the game is. And, and we were talking earlier about, um, you know, uh, Dean Henderson and his uh, COVID experiences. Yep. But also then the other link to him is Danny Hodgson, who's in hospital Correct. still. Yep. And yep. I saw a news article on... Hashtag DH7. Yep. Saw the news article the other night where a young lady who was in a similar position is in the next room and, and how Danny's parents are, you know... Coping with their own yeah. situation, but also assisting another family, which says says a lot about them as people. So, yeah, I think it it's it's good how the football community wraps around itself when we're in these times of tragedy. Yep, and and to prove that we are the world football games. So uh, on the Wednesday, will be Thursday morning our time. We've got Sheriff Tiraspol versus Internationale. Now, no, come on, mate, <laughs> they're, they're they're doing great. Sheriff Terrace Ball. Uh, and again, we've got Man City will play uh, a home game against Club Bruges. We've got Liverpool playing another home game against Atletico Madrid. Um, again, my, my pick for the, for the game of that round uh, is Borussia Dortmund versus Ajax. Uh, again, two, two regular powerhouses. Or you could probably go to the AC Milan uh, FC Porto game mm. if, uh, if you want to have some real kickabout action. Absolutely. Now, the other thing I was thinking, I was reading somewhere the other day about um, Ante Militic out at um, Western United, who, right? who may be someone who is um, an anti-vaxxer. No. Really? Yeah, which may have some implications on him because I think the, the A-League have, have certainly said that oh, you, you all need to be God. double jabbed. Again, it's the tinfoil hat brigade. But I know. West Brom have got one. Callum Robinson's had COVID twice. Yeah. He, and they're going, well, mate, you go and get the jab. Oh, I don't need one. You've had COVID twice, mate. What do you mean you don't need one? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and that, that brought up the debate for, for a lot of fans going, well, why are we paying these wages if he refuses to get the jab and he's, for you know, the best part of a month, sitting on his backside, yeah. quarantining as he should, but not training, as I said not, before, not, not, not for, playing, for and, a and sports person, money. the implications of getting long COVID are, are impacting because um, I've seen some people on the, on the internet, a couple of comedians who'd had um, COVID, yep. who said what they weren't expecting was the long COVID, which has lasted for months and months afterwards. So, you know, whilst you get over the first bit, um, you cannot play an elite level of any sport if you've, if you've got lung capacity issues yeah that's yeah. right and that's uh, you know. and we were talking earlier about new, um newcastle but damage to attract players the last club in the northeast that did try and attract big players middlesbrough. was middlesbrough yeah, yep. and the player we were thinking of earlier was janino janino yeah that's right yeah no yeah. he did stay yeah. but he was a stayer yeah, yeah. look and, and, and that was it i said like marcelino rocked up and went where the hell am i i thought i was playing the premier league yeah you are mate it's middlesbrough yeah uh, but, but they took him from sunny sunny brazil and went there you go there's middlesbrough for you and mate. branco and, that was the other one gone, i was trying to wow. think of yeah branco went i'm not staying here he was he was gone quicker than you can say 
Branco? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, look, it's phenomenal, really. When you look at it from that perspective, there's, I think Newcastle have got a big thing on their hands. They, they're talking about bringing in lots of people. Yep. I think for one thing is their motivation is, is going to be um, the, the, questionable. Yeah. Their, their loyalty will be questionable. Yep. They're not buying into a project. Yeah. I mean, uh, it'll start I'm going to throw you under the bus. The, 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 the trouble with Newcastle is it's in Newcastle. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, look, it's, it's there. It's, it's a real thing. Yeah. But I would like to see that we had something going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know the coach at the moment. I mean, they, they brought the money in. They lived up to the promise of getting rid of Ashley. Then the next promise they lived up was getting rid of, rid of Bruce. And you can say what you like about Bruce. He was um, – he's an honest guy and he's been a Newcastle man through and through. Um you know, born in Newcastle. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah he he's going to get shafted. Yeah, but that was always going to happen. And then uh, they've got rid of him, which was supposed to be the global panacea for success, and they still had the same result. So yeah. they're going to have to bring in a new coach and then they're going to have to bring in new players. And, you know, they've, they've got some good players in there. Just someone who can get the best out. So yep. maximum would be interesting because he's a phenomenal player. So, again, just popped up on my feed. So, um Team Talk newsletter, so yep. sign up for that one. Uh, just uh, coming from Steve Pearson, who, who published this on the 27th, he's got Manchester United have installed Maurizio Pochettino as their number one target to replace Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, while a Nuno Espirito Santo omission yep. has thrust Tottenham star future in doubt. And mm. in bold letters, it's got Pochettino to succeed Solskjaer in three games. And that's from Steve Pearson uh, from the Team Talk newsletter. So there you go. I mean, again, chopping and changing managers has not worked for that club. No, it hasn't. Uh, and the, the problem is uh, uh, Pochettino, whilst he he um, has a good coaching record at Tottenham, famously spent nothing one year and, yes. well, and got the results that he deserved for that. So, yeah, But claimed he didn't need to. But uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, other, the other thing there in that article is that... Um, the, the links to uh, Antonio Conte and Zinedine Zidane. Mm. Uh, I, I can't see either one of them going. Co- Conte won't fit into the United f- philosophy and Zidane no. doesn't need to work again. He didn't need to work when he took the Real Madrid job the second time. No, exactly. I, I, look, it's, it's one of those ones where you, you've got to buy into someone and, and get them. I mean, if you, for those who can remember... Um, when Ferguson went to United, his first season wasn't yep. tremendous. He, he was getting the boot until they, yeah. uh, until they won the League Cup in, uh, in yeah. controversial circumstances. Yeah, but yeah no, he, he was out the door. They, they went, no, we're not having you. Um, obviously, Ronald Koeman is available, having got the boot from Barcelona. Yeah, and I think he'll still stay available. Yeah, but they, they again, <laughs> in typical Barcelona train wreck fashion, they went, well, we'll sack Koeman and we'll get Xavi back in. Yeah. Who is in the... Um, Saudi Arabian League with Al Saad, and Al Saad went, uh, you know we're a rich club, he signed a two-year contract, he's going nowhere unless you give us... Yeah. Oh, oh my yeah, hand, o- hand over your house, your wife and your car keys, and we'll, <laughs> and we'll call it even, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, Qatari, sorry, I yeah. said Saudi Arabia, my mistake. Yeah, so they're, they're yeah, Xavi's not going anywhere, despite the fact he's going, you know, I'm ready to come back and coach Barcelona. Oh, that's great. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> no, You're I just not had going a, to. I've just had a message from uh, Aaron Javath and he's had terrible issues with the phone at his end. So yep. um, It must be an Optus customer because uh, I keep getting the uh, 
the the messages from them going, we're doing work here, 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 and here. And oh, I think it may just be on your phone because I'm with Optus and I'm not getting the same issues. Aren't you? There you go. No, no, none at all. Oh, well, really good up, for me. up my area, and as as Bill called it, South Geraldton. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been pretty. Uh, I think they just go, I think it's Huey Best. It's just a, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I hadn't gone down that road, but you I, probably I might. imagine there's, they, they would have a fair few technicians that used to play football, mate, and that's what you're getting back now. <laughs> <laughs> you reap, send them all off. You reap what you sow. I sent most of them off, I suppose. No, no, it wasn't about you sending them off, mate. It's how you sent them off and what you said to them at the time. I mean, I've seen the videos. It's <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, look, what I like about you, Hugh, is you never left anyone in any doubt as to why they were going, um, nope. and I like a referee that talks to you during a game and 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 yeah look no, no, some no. of them I, th- I suppose in this day and age would, would not be not be politically correct but well, no but you know as i used to say to players if you're going to talk to me in that tone with that language do not get upset when you get that tone and that language back. And I had yeah. more than a few go, you can't talk to me like that, ref. I went, Hang on a minute, you just you <laughs> you spoke me like that. Yeah. I can do no, one of two things. I, like I, I can either talk back to you the same way to get you to calm down or I can enforce the laws of the game yeah. and, you, and you have an early bath. And but I went, oh, okay, fair enough. But it's really easy. When, <laughs> when a player's laying there on the floor, he's going, oh, ref, he pushed me. and go, you were both that, you lost. That's right. You know, yep. get on with it. That's it. It's a game. If yeah, you're going right. to indulge in that stuff, then, you know, he was pulling my shirt, you were pulling his, mate. Yep. You know, just... It's simple, but not enough referees do it. No, no, and uh, yeah, as was the case back then, I was told I was atypical for for that sort of uh, that sort of standard. Yeah, but you know w- what works works. Oh, absolutely! Look, one of the best I've seen do it is cheesy. Um, yeah, well, and yeah. again, you know, uh, cheesy, great communicator, complete different uh, different cat on the uh, on the the field when he had the whistle in his hand. Yeah. He. Yeah, rarely got any any back chat. But again, he he was his style of refereeing worked for him, and and he he reaped the, the rewards from that. Absolutely. And talking about let's see if we can get cheesy on the phone. Good, good communicators. <laughs> we'll we'll um, we'll go the phone roulette, and we'll see if Ryan Lennon can the phone talk roulette. to us. Here we go. <laughs> we'll be back after these. West Coast Futsal Association was established to develop and promote the game of futsal with a vibrant new look and re-imaging. We are now. Futsal WA. With a dedication to capture the fast growth of the sport to all levels, Futsal WA is Futsal in Western Australia. Futsal WA provides boundless opportunities to play with grassroots and junior leagues, pathways to academies and elite club competitions and representative futsal that can help you follow a dream of professional futsal in Europe or Asia. With four venues across Perth, As an individual or as a group of mates who want to play, there's a junior, men's, women's or mixed competition that will suit you. Contact us to get involved in futsal, an action-packed sport and the fastest growing sport in Australia. Contact us at Futsal WA on 0432 745 140 via email at info at or via our website, www.futsalwa.org.au. Hi, I'm Miranda Templeman. The world is a little different to us all right now. We may be learning to play football with our mates online, keep in touch through FaceTime, and watch classic matches on Share TV. 
One thing that won't change is being able to listen to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. Your World Football team are in the studio every Saturday from 10am to 12pm. We appreciate your support. Stay safe, Australia. We're all in this together. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. So young young Miranda, who's with Adelaide now. Uh, um, we're not talking about Miranda. Nah, she's still part of the show, mate. She is, yeah. Um, yeah, look, COVID's still out there, so remember to, to use your app when you're going into places. Hand sanitise. Yeah, all of that stuff. It's, Keep it's coming. Keep where you can. Yeah, exactly. And someone, someone we won't be keeping our distance oh, no. from joins us now, and that is Ryan Lennigan from Football West. Ryan, good morning. How are you? Hello, gents. Always a pleasure to join you. Happy Saturday. Yeah, no, look, I'm, I'm just happy someone's picked the phone up. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know how happy that's made me. <laughs> I've had problems this morning. Uh, like, like I just said to you, I've, uh, I've moved to the car. I was a little concerned hearing the, uh, the, the troubles you were having earlier, and I'm yeah. also with Optus, so fingers crossed that... Uh, yeah, I told you it was the, Optus. Uh, <laughs> better Optus yeah. Look, anyone, anyone who loves a game is with Optus because you get the Premier League and that for Nick, so I think it's a good... Good service. I'm happy with it. Anyway, look, um, talking about service I'm happy with, Football West, um, close season for the, the winter sports, but, you know, it doesn't get any easier for you. There's no let off. Um, you've just done a very successful Asian World Cup at Langley Park, and what, what a great backdrop for, for the world to see. You know, that, that's Perth at its best. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, it's called the off-season, but it's certainly not the quiet season. No. Um, we, we make sure that we, we fill it up. But uh, that Asian World Cup down at Langley Park, there is genuinely no better backdrop to playing football in Australia and perhaps even the world. I mean, the, the Swan River, the uh, the Bell Tower, Elizabeth Key, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and I just saw the, um, the video package that went up on the... Uh on the Facebook site and that looks very good, very professional and really sells the, the game, the, the state and just how forward thinking we are. And, you know, some of the issues that the, the Asian players that we've had who've been trapped in this country because of COVID, um, you know, been supported by the game. Yeah, spot on. And I think that that's one of the uh, huge advantages in having um, really professional video packages is that, it not only showcases Perth and showcases our landscape, it showcases our footballers back from, um, you know, where, wherever they're culturally, you know, where they, where they call home. Um, we're very lucky that the state government has identified sport as being one of those vehicles to Asian engagement. So we have a great opportunity to tap into some resources, tap into some stakeholders. Um, and, you know, it is the world game. So, so what, what better opportunity than making sure we use football as a vehicle? Yeah, look, we've got some really close links with particularly Indonesia and Singapore with football, so it's great to build on those. Um, but also with that competition, great to see that we had two teams from Afghanistan do so well. Yeah. They've always been really uh, really strong competitors too. Mm. I mean, if you look at the, the Kick at World Cup from last year and, and, and previous iterations of those um, those post-season tournaments, mm. uh, Afghanistan has always had very strong teams. For us to, to have them competing is fantastic. Um, they were really a class above. Those, those players um, certainly, certainly showed their, uh, their medal. And um, I think that five-a-side is, is a great way to showcase that too. It's um, plenty of touches. You can see their skills on the ball. Their, their, their ball handling is, is amazing. 
Yeah, absolutely. No, look, and I think it's a great initiative by Football West and, and really does a promote the game, the state, um, you know, Football West and, and the clubs within because, um, you know, a lot of those guys are coming from the local game as well. You, you mentioned the Kick It World Cup, which is currently being held at Ashfield. First week was last week. They're, they're at it already today. So um, another another good little competition with some history. Yeah, I think what we really wanted to achieve with the uh, the Kick It World Cup is an opportunity not only for our traditional stakeholders, and we've got plenty of those players who are already in clubland playing, but also provide an opportunity for those who perhaps don't have the time or the resources, the money, etc., to be playing um, you know, traditional uh, winter football at this stage. So bringing them in for that tournament is um, is ideal. We've got some, some stellar games on today. I was looking at the fixtures today, certainly... The pick of the bunch for me would be that Iraq versus Argentina at 2pm. But um, uh, again, we expect some good crowds down at Ashfield. Um, we're very lucky to have them as, uh, as our hosts. Um, and uh, this would mark round two. A few more rounds to go before we finish off uh, in December with the, the finals. Yeah, look, there's, I'm, I'm headed off there myself after the show. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, talent's on display um, and you, you know, a lot of the clubs do go down there and have a look and see what's what's available because uh, some of these boys are unknown to, to club land. It's time to do it, right, Sean? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. This off-season, again, it's it's busy for Football West but it's just as busy for our clubs. You, know, you, you just have to take a glance at social media and see the, the signings and, um, and the new players and new coaches coming through. Yeah. It just goes to show how healthy the game is in, in WA. I think... Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it might feel at times for volunteers like a bit of a burden given how long that season feels. But um, uh, the great thing about football is that once that, that round one rolls around again, everybody's on equal footing. Everybody's yeah. got a chance to be uh, crowned champion again. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the the next thing I've, I saw, it's a, it started off as a good news story and it's yeah. kind of crumbled away, yeah. is the Jambino women's team from Geraldton. Um, a lot of good work been done up there, not just in the playing stocks, but also the investment in the kit and everything else. Uh, and they were hoping to go to Queensland, but obviously the COVID situation has undone that. Unfortunately, a, uh, in the true sense of the word, a last-minute call. Yeah. So I think there was uh, every finger and toe crossed from the players, the administrators, the uh, the coaches joining that team, and we have had great community support. It's just that, um, yeah, with the with the with the COVID risk as it is, um, it, it just was going to be too risky for Football West and for those players and the officials to to head over there to potentially have that uh, that tournament cancelled. Yeah. Um, if it wasn't cancelled, then potentially come back to quarantine, and you know that those two weeks are okay for professional teams, but yeah. um, it's uh, a little bit harder to harder to cop when it's uh, an amateur Indigenous team. But glass half full, we are looking at um, that team attending. They've already locked in their dates for, for next year's tournament. Yeah. They will be able to uh, move a lot of those bookings, you know, the accommodation, the flights, oh, etc. Yeah. Um, all our partners are in support. So we'll be there in 2022. Brilliant. Yeah, look, and I, I think, you know, myself, I, I'm always one of these people who's just happy to have a glass, never mind how you're half full. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm, just, no, I'm just thinking there's, there's a wonderful opportunity for, for someone, you know, an administrator in the game to go, well, you know, we've had we've had a successful World Cup um, or Asian Cup down at Langley Park. We've had a, and, and are currently in a, a World Cup situation World Cup, yep. at um, Ashfield. Yep. Um, surely there'd be somewhere we, we could run a female 
uh, competition that yeah. brought these girls down from Geraldton and and played in that, even if it was you know on the other side of Christmas. Because I'd hate to think you've got all these girls who've been there and trained and got together. They've got a kit which they really want to get out because that's an indigenous strip. Yep. Looks um, great. And it would look it'd be a great thing to have, you know. And, and even if we opened it up to some other people from around the regions to you know, like a country week type thing, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm just a, an ideas man. He is. You are you, you, you're full of good ideas, um, and we should be trying to bring you in uh, to assist us, Sean, because uh, we actually have been uh, prioritising those inquiries. So we're very keen to bring the girls into Perth and play some games. Excellent. So I'd like to hear the, it. The shout-out to, shout to your listeners is that uh, if they have a, uh, a group of girls or think they could pull together a group of female footballers and... Uh, keen to assist in um, in providing some strong competition. Yeah. Get in contact with Football West. Um, we would certainly love to explore that opportunity. Look, um, there are... The girls up in Geraldton have been training so hard, yeah. so we want to make sure we provide them opportunities. Look, you look around this yeah. state, you've got Redbacks, you've got Mum, Fremantle, yeah, Perth. Yeah. yeah, you could just reel off names of clubs that would have a very strong female uh, component who, you know, even without the, the women that are playing for the glory in them, would still have yep. very competitive squads. Uh, and a, a goodwill tournament would be brilliant. I think yep. it's, um, it's out there. So the challenge is out there to the clubs, and I'm sure, that, you know, the Football West would help and support anyone that wanted to be involved in that. Yeah, I was going to say, Ryan, you've got Penny's number. Just uh, just punch in that number and go, Pen, should I have a team ready in uh, about I, a half hour? I'm sure that she's listening to you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure that she'll be uh, sending me a, a text straight up. <laughs> yeah. No, no she'll, she'll be listening. Yeah. She's got two loose cannons in the studio. Who knows what could happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, now... Th- other good things that are happening, um, your state futsal's starting to ramp up, so that's another avenue of the game that's very yeah, strong. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, we've got some good supporters within the radio station within that space, so it's always good to see um, looking at all different avenues of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, that, that futsal tournament, which we're hosting from, you know, the 14th to the 16th of January, is another of those, uh, those COVID alternatives, I guess, is the best way to put it. Normally mm. there would be the... Uh, the, uh, the National Futsal Tournament, but um, with COVID restrictions, uh, FA have, uh, have kiboshed that. So instead, we look forward to uh, hosting another state futsal tournament last year. Or sorry, this year, early this year, was fantastic. So we expect some really good numbers again for uh, the 14th to the 16th of January. Again, open nomination process that's open from, you know, uh, under 12s effectively through to open men's and women's. So uh, people can find those details um, on the Football West website, jump on, nominate a team, um, and uh, we have very good hosts in Pro Futsal. We'll make sure they help us out. Yeah, no, that's really good. Uh, I also saw another one of your partners, Cedar College, were advertising um, for info sessions that starts uh, this Monday. So, again, another great initiative to, to be involved with. Yourselves and Perth, Perth Glory are partnering, partnering with um, Cedar. Cedar have been uh, a partner of ours for about seven years, and the work that they do is fantastic. Their numbers continue to grow, and really the proof's in the pudding in the fact that a number of our new coordinators who have started this year for Football West are Cedar graduates. So it goes to show that we, we have the trust. We, we know that they, um, they have great graduates. If someone is not entirely sure if, you know, for them themselves or for their kids, that, that traditional year 11, 12 path in, um, in high school is right for them, CETA does provide that opportunity to make sure they're getting the practical experience to then 
head into a sports organisation, whether it's administration, coaching, still even playing as well. So certainly recommend people check that out. Yeah, they certainly do a lot of good work in that space. And I, I noticed the other thing they do is they have a one class, one teacher um, policy, which again is really good if you've got people that don't cope with change too well um, and it builds some real bonds over that two-year period. Yeah, they do. And they've uh, they've assisted us with so many fantastic events too. Our, um, our uh, Festival of Football, which headed to Geraldton this year, uh, the Cedar, Cedar class joined us. They were our volunteers on ground. It's those types of experiences that traditional high school just doesn't really provide the students. So if someone is, has their heart set on working in sport, and, and again, as, a, as someone who's worked in sport a long time, I, I, I understand the, uh, the pull and desire to do so. Uh, Cedar is a great pathway for those students. Yeah, yep. definitely. Now, the, um, as we said, it's the off-season for the winter game, but uh, all of the, the real work and the hard work gets done behind the scenes with the um, standing committees and all the other bodies and prepping for a new year with uh, rule changes and all the other things that that come in. Rule changes. Um, there's rule. always law changes. Law always. Change, not rules, laws. All right. Come on, you've got, a, you've got an ex-referee on the... Ryan, uh, whatever you do, don't get involved with an ex-referee, all oh. right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned... We'll, 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 we'll instead, we'll call it rules clarification. Maybe that yeah. sounds uh, a little bit more palatable towards a, uh, a, a, an ex-referee. Yeah, it's still it's, a law. Uh, law interpretations. <laughs> we... <laughs> We, uh, we're so, we, yeah, you are, you, you're right though. We're, uh, we're cracking that whip. We're, um, you know, we're, we're making sure that our standing committees are empowered to assist us in this space. Um, both, you know, Dan and I and, uh, and a number of the, the Football West staff have really appreciated the, uh, the new enthusiasm coming from our new standing committee members. Um, for us, this is the most important time. I know that, you know, once, uh, that round, round one comes around, it feels like that will be the busiest time, but, Really, for us, it's about making sure that we're uh, well. We're laying the framework now. If we're, if we're going to build this house, we need to, to lay the concrete pad now. So yeah, the, uh, yeah, the house yeah, exactly right. And and there's lots going on in that space. You know, you you see all these teams now signing players. I don't know what they're signing them to because they can't register them. They can't enter into a contract. But that's another matter. Um, <laughs> but I think you know. It's, it's, Signing people is an intent that they will play for them next year. So that's a good thing. And there's lots of um, clubs uh, making announcements for guys next year, which yeah. is good. Um, and it looks like the the NPL, State League and uh, 1 and 2 will both be very healthy competitions next year. But also the amateur leagues are, are also um, shaping up well. So it's, you know, the... The football environment looks healthy, but I think you know, some of these laws and rules that we've got in the background uh, are helping it, and I think compliance is is a major thing going forward. And I know we've seen stuff at F, FA level um, where, um, who was it now? He was saying that uh, the A-League clubs um, are basically breaching all of their um, financial record or financial keeping, their... their um, Counting, yeah. Well, really? no, yeah, yeah. He, uh, from Adelaide, um, yeah. I'm just trying to remember who it was. I'm thinking too many things at Nick, once here. Nick Pilati. No, no, okay. he's former player, Aloisi. Um, oh, yeah, with salary caps, salary cap breach is apparently rife, and oh. and control of that is difficult. Mr. Aloisi um, dumping gasoline on a fire again. Yeah, who would have thought it? I know, but yeah. you know, the thing is, if that's the if that's where you're at, the, at your peak. Le- level where are we with with the state level and compliance is is, is a big thing in the industry mm-hmm. it's a big thing across the world now um you know and we i don't know what the reticence is 
I know. Look, it's Australia, and and yes, there there was a large convict um, population well, two hundred years ago. Here but we go. Surely some of that has worn away by now. Because yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, compliance is the word for, for volunteers that, that yeah. carries a fair bit of uh, fear. Yes. You know, you're like, oh boy, you know, compliance makes me, uh, you know, the, co- the, the the toes curl up. I think it, if, if we wrap it in a different way. What we're all about at Football West and, and across our competition is fairness. Mm. And that often means that we need to have or adhere to rules or, or policies that not everybody is going to agree with, but we know by adhering to them we can have fair competition. And ultimately, that's what we want. We want to give every opportunity to those clubs within a particular league, whether it's MPL all the way down to Metro Masters, whatever it is. Yeah. We want to give them all an opportunity to have a red-hot crack at winning, but mm. win in a way that's, that's fair and equitable exactly. across the board. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, compliance for me, I, I work in a, an area where compliance is, is paramount. Um, it, is, it makes things easier for you in the end. It makes things very clear and there's there's no you know grey in, in that and it it just helps you shape your business much better. And when you look at the money that's around in, you know, even Divi 1, Divi 2 clubs, um, you know, and then you go up to the NPL, some of these clubs have got massive turnovers. You know, $250,000 turnover is not unusual. Um, with, the, with a club that's got, you know, a large amount of players... At, senior and junior so we're talking big business yeah we are and we just want to make sure that it's that that level playing field i mean the the fact that clubs are bringing in that much money whether it's across the bar whether it's from commercial sponsors um you know some uh, some key benefactors that's brilliant that is great for the game um and no one at football west would say otherwise we just want to make sure that with those particular um amounts of money that it's it's a it's a fair system where everybody knows the rules and we can ensure that we can, um, where possible, police that. And as, as you know, sure, we, we've had some some significant discussions about that amateur v professional across that state league one and state yep. league two. Again, we, we have to keep in mind the volunteer burden. We we realise that you know state league one and state league two clubs uh, often you know one one man shows. Um, in terms of a president trying to do all, but yeah. we just want to make sure that uh, that those clubs have a have a red hot crack at, um, at at a fair competition, and um, you know that's that's where we're very appreciative of the assistance we're getting from our standing committees and those representatives. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, we, we we are in a good spot moving forward, and, and and look forward to seeing what that means for 2022. Yeah, and I think look, looking around, we're, there seems to be um, an awful lot of agreements that the the current system with the juniors doesn't work. The NPL juniors um, is, has been problematic. Um, I know we've, we've employed some people to, to look at the, the junior development pathways and how we, we do that. Do, do we see any changes you know, happening quickly or are you waiting for a national body to, to get itself together or are we just going to bite the bullet and, and come up with something that works for this state? Yeah, there's, there's two components there, and you, you did touch on a, um, I guess you call it a complication, which is uh, the anticipated club licensing system from yeah. from FA, which will more than likely drop in 2023 and would incorporate the MPL juniors component. So that's certainly in our thinking. We don't want to be throwing the baby out with the bathwater um, and then having to uh, revolutionise it all again in 2023 when FA releases what they want to release. But for us, there are some structural changes coming for 2022. We are looking at providing a competition structure 
which maximises games against like um, like-minded um, uh, equitable competition. Mm-hmm. So that that will see uh, that will see more additional games for our MPL juniors as well. That's a good thing. I think that what we've, we're getting from the FA, and certainly if you look at like the global system, we want our juniors playing more games, but we want them to be playing games when they're not getting belted 15-20 nil or, yeah. or belting other teams 15-20 yep. nil. Yeah, so for us, it's about making. We just want to make sure we get that that grading right mm, yeah. um, at the start. You know, get them into the right competition, and from there, make sure that we're giving them plenty of games to improve as juniors. Absolutely, no compliance squads are no good for anyone. Um, but I think also when you look at it, some of the stuff that happens in the in now, you've got MPL clubs who every year are holding trials for their MPL teams. Um, surely, if they had an under twelve MPL team then 13s upwards should really be looking after itself and you're only filling one or two slots. And there seems to be, for, my, for mine, um, from the junior days that I know, um, players generally stayed with clubs. You might get one or two exceptional players would leave and go to one of the, the bigger clubs. Um, but now we've got clubs that are, have elite training squads for under yeah. eights. Um, which I, th- I thought yeah. just flies in the face of what under eights was about. Under eights to under tens was always just about skills acquisition, playing a local club against your local, you know, with, with your mates and, and other kids you grew up with. But we've now got some of these bigger teams who are running um, an elite under eights. I, I just, I don't know. For me, I, I maybe I got the, the, the thing all wrong, but I don't see that we should be having elite eights. Yeah, it's a difficult one. So, I mean, a, a lot of that pressure actually doesn't come from the club itself. No. It comes from the parents. Who, I agree. Uh, you know, who thinks that, that little little Johnny's going to be the next Ronaldo and, and they, they think that the best way to do that is to be, yeah, basically maximising his time in under eights with, um, uh, with you know, that elite talent. Mm. I think for us, it's about making sure, again, coming back to that compliance, compliance piece, making sure that we put enough rules and regulations in place that... Switching clubs as a junior should always be an opportunity because we realise that people move or they um, they have their family circumstances change yeah. or whatever else. Yeah. But we want to make sure that we put enough, let's call it for want of a better word, barriers to uh, to ensure that they're not just changing willy-nilly because they feel like Johnny's got a better chance down the road. So I think that for us, we're, we're very keen on that piece. Um, and again, that will be done in conjunction with our standing committees just to make sure that Everybody's on the same page, which is that we want to support that football landscape. Junior de- development is fantastic, but we just want to make sure we do it in a sustainable manner. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good. And um, I know there's been a lot of work done around Clubland about this, and there's a couple of coaches pushing it out there. But, you know, one of the bugbears we have, and it starts with the juniors and it goes through into the, the seniors, and uh, I know Hugh would, would agree with me on this one, is the respect shown to referees, um, particularly in, in junior yeah. games, but, you know, there's the ugly parent syndrome and those mm. ugly parents then have ugly children who become ugly parents themselves and, and ugly players. And it's it's, it seems like a blight on the game that as soon as the referee blows the whistle, um, everybody bar one person is, is complaining about the decision. How do we change that culture? Yeah, yeah. and that, it's, it's a big one for referee retention. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, you know... One of the few games in the world where that is considered 
acceptable, and and I, I find it abhorrent. And I did as a referee. I still do it now. Uh, it's a, it's but a the, shocking. But the TV, blight. you know, you, you see it with Man United yeah, or, it. or Chelsea yeah. or someone. There's a decision, and all of a sudden you've got a dozen players standing around the referee. I mean, you've you mentioned him. Ronaldo, yeah. Ronaldo's a, yeah. he's a serial pest for that. Oh, I didn't get that. I'm going to go and abuse the referee. There's, there's the best, arguably, the best player in the yeah, world getting away with it. It's a unique part of the, the sport, isn't it? I mean, and, and again, Sean, you, you've met me. You know that at yeah. 6 foot seven, 130 kilos, I, um, I, I, I certainly come from that rugby background. And I, look, that's a similar sport where there is uh, a, a man in charge in the middle and Certainly there is a lot of cultural differences between yes. rugby union and a, and a sport like football, um, both good and bad. We know that we're not going to change culture overnight, but you, you hit on it before, Hugh, which is that one of our concerns is probably referee retention. Yes. We had a fantastic year in terms of new referees coming in in yep. 2021. We had 300-plus um, you know, new referees become badge, which is fantastic. But for us, it's about making sure now we put the systems in place to support them. Yeah. Um, we've had some really good support from the Referee Technical Committee and the Referee Standing Committee on ways that we can do that. And we, we know that that's a component of the game we need to continue to work on. But we want to make sure that we're doing it with our clubs, knowing that their behaviour or the parents' behaviour, the, the players' behaviour, is something that we are watching. I think that um, it, it often must feel like, you know, it's, uh, well, we'll turn a blind eye, but certainly that's not the case for us. Protecting our referees, ensuring they're growing and developing is a key part of making sure the game itself is growing and developing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Penny had uh, Isla McDonald on last week, uh, mm. a young referee, and and even at, at, at the level she was refereeing at, she was reluctant to say that she had been subject to that sort of, uh, uh, well, wait, we'll call it abuse, but... As a fourteen-year-old, you, you've not yet got the the life skills to to ignore it. She she said she she tries to ignore it, and and as a, an ex referee, that was my philosophy as well. But when little Johnny's dad on the sideline jumping up and down, it's difficult to ignore when he's he's just not being quiet. Yeah, and I, I guess the component that we want to make sure that we're instilling in our clubs too is that. Just by staying quiet, they're still feeding into that same issue. If, yeah, uh, that's if, right. you're, if you're standing opposite, you know, a, a, a dad who's going absolutely yep. nuts from the opposition team, we do have opportunities. Whether it's direct confrontation, we understand that that's not always possible. No, no. But certainly, we have we have reporting procedures that mean that we can start to clamp down on some of those things because it's it's not it's not what the game is about. No. I realise that. You know, we and as you touched on before, from a global perspective, some of our elite players perhaps don't show the greatest of uh, role modelling towards referees. But I think at a at a local level, it's about making sure that we are consistently applying pressure on that cultural change. You know, and yeah. it's certainly not to, not to making any aspersions there. Football West were always supportive of of referees and have yeah. always tried to put in place. Measures and that, that that minimise that sort of behaviour. It's nothing new. I, I know thirty years ago, coaching an under eights game, I had someone yelling out, "Chop him, chop him," and, and I just I stopped the game and asked that person to leave the park and yeah. told me that I couldn't send him off. And I told you, I am the game will not continue unless you walk yeah. away from this. Yeah. These kids don't need you. Um, and then when I reported you through Football West, they followed it up. So That's right, well, yeah, yeah. So look, it, it 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 can be done, but yeah, look for a fourteen year old, big a big thing to do. Um, and I think, you know, 
whilst the the people themselves um, are the problem, the referees also have some some control over it, but not a lot of control. But I think you know, the culture is is to a point now where um, you know the referees are under so much scrutiny, and the the game now is is all about making right decisions. VARs there in the yep. senior game for that. And it's always perceptual, but, you know, the, also the referees need to be able to make those calls. And sometimes and I, I get quite a rate myself at times with some of the calls that go and you go, how on earth is that not a foul? Yeah, well... You know, yeah, the, it, the bloke's just taken a backward somersault. He's been kicked through the back of the legs and the referee's gone play on. You yeah, go, no, no, cool. We discussed that one as well. Yeah. And again, as a referee, ex-referee, I keep yeah. have to put the X there. I, I, mean, I, I, I saw that, that actual uh, situation went, what has he... How can you not see that? But yeah. you know, it, it's down to um, it's down to education, really. Yeah, yeah, I know. Look, and it happens at the highest level. Yeah, we say about West Ham the other day, where um, a player's reached back with his foot, found the guy's face, and studied yep. him right in the face, mm. uh, and VAR cleared that. So, look, the, even at the top level, you don't make the right decisions, but that's part of the game. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think that the main thing, more than any, yeah, you, know, you can look at all the systems, the process, the policies in the world. Ultimately, what it comes down to is that without referees, we don't have a game. Yeah, no, so uh, that, we want we we want to make sure that we uh, we support them. We want to make yeah. sure that our, our clubs and our players, our parents, understand the importance of uh, of referees. And I hope that more people will continue to uh, to sign up and um, and hopefully have great experiences. Because as, as someone like you would know, it's um it. it not only could be a, a you know a paying hobby, it, it can become part of a, a really decent career and and provide you skills that um, hmm. apply both personally and professionally across the board. Yeah, exactly. With Ireland fourteen, you, you have ten years of refereeing under your belt. Sh- should be doing World Cups. Yeah. Th- there's no two ways about it. I mean, certainly would be doing W League uh, with ten years experience as a referee. The, the, the world's your oyster, as Matt Cheeseman often tells anyone who who listen. If you're considering playing for Australia and you've not got the skill sets to play for the Matildas or the Socceroos, put, put on the black and whites. Mm. You, you can play for Australia and still play internationally. Yep. All right, Ryan, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for the work that you and Football yeah, West are, are doing. Lots of things going on. Um, you are looking for a coach for the... Um, Under-18s. Under-18s, coach, yep. yep. For the... Um, yeah, so... Yeah, Bill. If you if you know anyone, please tap them on the shoulder, gents. Um, we'd be we'd be very keen that that component of Football West is just as strong as ever. So yeah. again, really appreciate the opportunity to chat. It's um it's it's always a pleasure coming on. So you no guys worries. have a great uh, great day. Enjoy the uh, action down at uh, down in Ashfield, Sean, and um hopefully we'll talk to you guys soon. No worries, Brilliant. Ryan. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, that's sensational. So for those that uh, may not have seen that, that there's a, an ad on the Football West website for a uh, national training centre for, the NTC, for yeah. in the elite development pathway, under 18s. Um, you must be passionate, so obviously if you're yep. listening to the show, you would be. Uh, have a C licence or be enrolled into one. Yep. Have the experience working with talented players. Have a strong working knowledge of the FA national curriculum, which is paperwork, fantastic. Have the ability to plan, deliver effective And how good would it be to see a young lady doing that? Oh, sensational. Yeah, yes, yeah no, no. great opportunity and, there. And that's it. It's, yeah. uh, it. it's for everybody. And uh, working with children check, obviously. Yes, definitely. Yep. So, yeah. No, look, I think we go back to this thing with the referees. You know, it's it's um, just a blight on our game. And I think yeah. the, the, on the TV, you know, we, we see a lot of it with the players doing it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it is also down to the, the person in the middle. 
Oh, and yeah. again, th- those that uh, can remember Cable Guy from uh, from his time in the middle, <laughs> it, the first person that come to me and have a word, yep, no worries. The second person, there's your yellow card. I'm not putting up with it. And yeah. and you know, again, it's the the, the personality and the man management. Oh, I. I won't say I was uh, immune to to having the odd comment or seven thrown at me, but um, there wasn't too much that went over the line because I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't put up with it. And, and most coaches, um, Mr. Normanton in particular, would go, yeah. "You know what he's like. Keep his mouth shut. Get on with it. That's all you need to do. Play uh, the game." Unfortunately, I've also seen <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Normanton. Not- oh no! And, 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 and again, yeah, yeah. Uh, as he was um, and still is, he would uh, he would do everything. He could within the laws oh, no, of the look game at that. And look, to, it's all, uh, to upset the it's referee. It's all part of that gamesmanship, and, and look, and he, he's, he's very, very it, good. End of the game, it was the yeah. it was gone and forgotten. But I did see one one game where um, commentary was made to the linesman by by Mister Normanton. Yes, um, the opposition coach said something much much less strenuous to him and it was threatened with being sent off and you go hang on a second this, why is it not the same yep. rule you know and, 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 we, and the acceptance yep. is the problem if you go oh look that's just the way it is and I, and I look I've got nothing against Graham but um, if the referee gives him more leeway I don't blame him for taking as much as no, he no, can get no, exactly and then the referee is already then set up or the, in this case the referee's assistant has set up an equal unequal relationship yep. which then you go well, hang on a second oh and that's why Graham, uh, yeah. when he during his time at Perth, um, changed the dugouts. Yeah, he moved the dugout to the other side of the halfway line so that the assistant would have to go out of their way to to quiet Graham down. Whereas yeah. the away team was right right there. And yeah. Again, most people who, who who see games will will know that a fair portion of the time that assistants spend is in that oh, middle, yeah. middle third to halfway line. Yeah. So, if your assist, your your opposition is giving you a bit of yeah. lip, for want of a better phrase, you're hearing it and can turn around and action it. Whereas Graham, yeah. uh, and it surprised oh, me at that at, at Forestfield he hasn't implemented that as well. Um, yeah. It was one of his tactics that, that he would put himself as far away yeah. from from trouble, but still being close enough to. To be effective. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I think it's, you're right. But <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good look, tactic. For, my experience as a player was always the, the referees that would come up to you and, you know, because I, I did converse with the referee regularly. <laughs> um, and he would say to me, that's it. Yeah. Any more of that and you're gone. And you go, all right, yeah. I'll just put the yeah. – and sometimes it's hard. Hard to keep your mouth closed well, at times. But, but the hardest part from a, yeah. from a referee's perspective is following that up. Yeah. You know, if, if you set the, set the store – that's it. That's how much I'm going to take. Yeah. And there's another chip and another chip and another chip. And you go, I told you. No, no, bang. Yeah. There it is. There and, you and the other thing is, it was also, also if it was done respectfully. Yeah. And, oh, and the other Just, thing, if it was done from a, a base of knowledge. Yes. So what I did was always, when I, I coached the, the kids' teams that I coached, when they were 14, I got them to do a referee's course because they could referee under rates games. Yeah, yeah. But they also understood the rules. Yeah. And it's very, very different when you go to the referee. How does that fit with Law 4? And they go, oh, well, you know, straight away you, you've, you've got a reference point where you're talking on the common. Yep. I remember doing a Masters game down at uh, Mandra and uh, this player was giving me a bit of grief. Yeah. And he goes, well, you, you, you know I'm a referee. I said, oh, that's interesting. So as a referee, you know what's coming next, do you? And he goes, what? Bang, there's your yellow. Be yeah. quiet, please. Oh, yep. 
And, and that was it. He's, he stopped for the rest of the game. And the simple fighting. answer is, no, right now you're a player. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. One of us has got the badge on and the other one's playing. Which exactly. one's the referee? There's your yellow card. Please be quiet. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to um, a message. We'll be back hopefully with Matt Stacey. So yeah, we'll be back after, the phone's this, work. after this break. <laughs> oh, give me land, lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Oswest Fencing and Royal Tryon. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The Oswest team can offer four generations of advice, materials and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialise in colour bond, aluminium, steel and timber gates. Check out our galleries at oswestfencing.com.au That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au Please don't fence me in I'm Penny Tannerhoe. It's season 34 for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. We are the longest-running football show in Australia, morphed from a sports program way back in 1987. The hosts and voices may have changed, but the content, filled with passion, news, characters and history, has not. The World Football Team are all volunteers, and we appreciate you listening in. 2021 brings a new look with a new logo, website and podcast. Thanks for sharing the journey with us on Radio Fremantle. If you like us, become a member of the station. Find a membership form on our new website, The World Football Programme. Oh, there you go, a bit of polka. Who doesn't like a bit of polka first thing in the morning? With a beer, thank you very much. <laughs> or, or an upar band, thank you. Uh, the beer festival's on in Perth this weekend, so that's good. Um, joining us on the air now is... Um, Matt Stacey. Matt Stacey, one of the super fans of, of uh, Perth Glory, and he was at the uh, lunch and launch the other day, so I'll talk to Matt. Good morning, how are you? Very well, you guys. Good, mate. I was I was a little troubled by a photograph you sent me of you with Basil <laughs> Zemplis. I thought you know, you, you kept better company than that. But obviously, he was he was grateful to be in your presence. Yeah. Yes, he did. He actually wanted to meet me. <laughs> that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great because uh, you know we know what fans Channel Seven are of of our wonderful game. Oh. <laughs> Well, they they used to be a long time. If you listen to Basil's speech on the other day, yeah, he brought back the time when he hosted the show Glory yeah. Days. That's right. So yeah, it was quite it was quite fitting. Yeah, I don't think it's him. I think you know they're, they're fair weather friends. When we're going really well, they'll be with us, and then when we're not, then they they forget. But no, how was the how was the 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 launch and and the lunch the other day? Well, the the launch we had over four hundred people at the launch or the lunch. It's more it's more the business or the corporates go to this. Yeah, and then 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 they invite a few other people. Yeah, no, but, look, yeah. Um, it, it was actually one of their best ones they've done. It yeah. was well well put together. They they've been doing these for a while, and and yeah, obviously the. The business community is something they've got to attract and, and build something with. And um, look, Tony Pinada has done a fantastic job of driving that and improving it every time. Um, and it's great to see that, you know, that they haven't forgotten about the, the fans as well because obviously you were there. Um, I've got to ask you, where did you get that suit? <laughs> oh, can't, can't say, can't. 
can't tell my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone will look like you. <laughs> they would never be able to find the real match, Stacey. <laughs> no, look yeah, at that, that. That came through me over the internet. I was looking for something else, and I couldn't turn away from that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's um. It's a statement piece, isn't it? Really, and I look at, and it's great because I think we were talking earlier in the in the, the show about uh, super fans for other clubs, and and people are really identifiable, and um, your name's become synonymous with Perth Glory for some reason. Yeah, and me, me and I would have to give credit to Morgan, the guy who dresses up at Kiss. You may see him in oh, the video yeah. as well. The guy who yeah. dresses up as Kiss. He's most probably the other person <laughs> yeah. who dresses up, but maybe maybe not quite in the glory colours. No, not always in the glory colours, but very much in the glory theme. And, you know, um, for a while we have been of a horror story, so it's, it's actually quite fitting. But, um, look, I, th- I suppose the thing is, for me, how do you become a super fan? You know, I mean, it's not something you just wake up it's in the morning question. and go, I'm going to yeah. give my life over to good this. Question. But, you know, what drives you? Nothing. I just I love I just love doing being different, doing something. So, how many games do you think you've been to, Matt? You, I mean, have you missed well, any? Or is, it, is it easier to count the games I've you missed? Most, I've mostly missed just a handful yeah. of home games when I've been either on a cruise ship or sick. Have you done any of the tour of duties? Oh yes, I. have pretty much done most of them, not all of them, but unfortunately, if anyone, the people were looking at maybe doing a tour of duty with us this season, unfortunately, yeah. I'm part of the Shed Committee, we've had to make that uh, second season tough decision not to do a tour yeah. of duty yeah, because sent- of the uncertainty. No, it's a sensible yeah, move, a, a disappointing, obviously, but yeah, I mean... Yeah, no, if you like, though, Matt, I'll, I'll help you with this one. I'll, I'll blame my wife for that because <laughs> up until now, she's never really been interested. But two years ago, she said, next year, can we go to an away game? I said, yeah, we'll do the tour of duty. And she said, yeah, no, we'll be in that. And then and then all of a sudden, it's died. So that is her <laughs> fault, mate. No, but the reason why we're putting it off, because the next, the tour that we're wanting to do is to Sydney FC. Right. And yep. it would be our... It would be our twentieth tour, so yep. we we're wanting we're wanting to make that really big. Mm. So, but we do we are doing a Corona tour. Tour we we go somewhere down south or north and watch a game on the screen. Oh, that'd be away game. <laughs> Good idea. So we're all together. Yeah. So, coming back to the first question, how did you become a super fan? What did you do before Glory came on the scene? Did you have a, another team you were just as passionate about, or is this something? No, no. Was, no, no, yes, yes, I do. I have another passion that is the local, the American style of wrestling, the WWE style. Right. But I support, I support their WA brand, all yeah. the shows over in WA. So that's most of my other. If it's not glory, I'm at a wrestling event. Oh, that's all right. Well, my, my nephew is one of the is one of the wrestlers in that, so that'd be interesting. Um, so yeah, yeah I, again, look, glory started up 25 years ago. You 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 got on the bandwagon, and you you're obviously in the shed, and you know back in the early oh, days. No, I, I, I'll, I'll refer you to that. I'm part of the shed, but I sit right in front behind the coaching bench because yep. that's where I sat from day one and I'll never move from the same seat. Good man. Because I because I can give the fourth official 
Uh, advice. Right. Advice. You've got an ex-referee oh, here. Oh, Call it advice. Friendly banter. Thank you. You are a very friendly chap and you like to converse with the fourth official. I get that. It's, it's how you should be. You know uh, the fourth official can't change anything on the field of play there, Matt. You, you know that, don't you? Yeah, I know, but... All right, you, you're just annoying least, At least we get... At least he agrees with us for decisions. That's okay, bro. Yeah. So is this, was this just a gradual process? Um, you know, the first game you just turned up like everyone else does with maybe just your glory hat and... Uh, or did you, from day one, you just turned up in um, outlandish gear and, you know, extrovert. This you, you, it's that it extrovert been, part of you. It would have been from the second season because the first season, uh, my fitness coach at school was Glory's, um, the fitness person at the Perth Glory at that time. Ah, okay. And then you you just then decided you were going to get dressed up and and make a real effort? Yeah, just have a bit more fun. Yeah. And, and And I would have been in my... Young high school ages then, and and you you kind of gain notoriety and have become a talisman for the glory. So, um, yeah, people now expect you to to be there and to be probably more extroverted, more outlandish every game. How how do you go with living up to that? It's it, it's getting harder and harder <laughs> every season because, especially with our colour, it's hard to find certain to try and make it. Expect me to get a new outfit every season. It's getting harder to find. Oh, okay. Yeah. So with the uh, the current season coming up, Matt, h- how do you think we're going to go? We've got Brandon O'Neill back and and, and been captain. named captain. Yeah. So um, you must be happy with that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy with the, the, the squad we've put together. It's just going to be like last season, play it one game at a time with oh. how we go. Yeah, and, yeah. And from a fan's perspective, um, what's your thoughts about the eight home, uh, eight away games on the trot? Well, it's nothing we can do. No, no. They, they want, they wanted, but their sage has said the Sydney FC and Western Sydney game. They have agreed to, if borders open when their games are on, they have. Mm. Agreed to switch their games around, so we would actually not be away. Oh, good. That'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah, and a lot, a lot depends. I spoke with um, Tony when they had the open day at Fremantle Oval, and uh, obviously the McGowan <laughs> government's decisions weigh heavily on on his business. Yeah, of course, and you know that was his biggest concern was that the McGowan government would allow the the A League teams to come in. The the, sim- the simple solution is that Sage has said is the teams fly in the night before, stay yep. in a hotel, fly out the net like yep. pretty much after the game. So there's no community, no no contact. No. Yep. Plus all the players are fully vaccinated Correct. over there. And tested, tested yep. regularly. So um, I, I agree with him. And it, look, it's no different to anybody else's plan. Most teams will fly in the day before, mm. spend the night in the hotel, do a training run um, in the morning and then game in the afternoon and then fly back straight after. Not, not a big deal. They can do it for the AFL, they can do it for us. Yep. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So, on a, I mean, obviously, you, you, you're buying a, a fairly reasonable ticket if you're getting in behind the, the fourth official. Um, you've also s- splashed out on a, a really spectacular suit. Um, 
how much of your income? I don't go into big numbers, but you know, um, is it is it a significant financial um, behest on you? No, I'm a. I'll, I'll admit it. I'm a hospital cleaner, so I'm not on great yeah. money. Yeah. Okay. So, no, no, okay. And again, um, never only. Um, hospi- yeah, yeah, hospitals know. rely job, rely on good cleaners to do the job and, and never ever be um, apologising for what you do, mate. You do a fantastic job. So, Matt, and, another yeah. one on the uh, on the squad, you, having been a the super fan and, and watched most of the games, Liam Reddy must be one of your favourites. But with Brad Jones coming in, do you see him as the number one pick in the, in the sticks or do you uh, still think Reddy is no, going to be uh, first choice? Reddy will um, be second choice. Brad Jones will be first choice. Yeah, and there's no, there's no other way to describe it. Reddy's a good player. He's injured as well. Remember, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, he and he's pretty much reckon they're just honouring his contract now yeah. as a second goalkeeper. And look, he's and a... I think he and I think he'd be happy with that because of he knew he was coming to the end with Shelby's. Career and he wants to stay because of family. So why yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah. He, he's earned the right to, to have his contract honoured. He's been a good servant to the club. I mean, he's had more clubs than than, <laughs> than Tiger Woods. Than Tiger Woods, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, you know, this is the one club that he really has stuck yeah, to no, and stayed true. with. And yeah. and you know, I know his family are ingrained in in a local club. He himself is ingrained in the local community. Um, and you know, he would become a great goalkeeper coach for the glory. So I think you know, there's there's a lot to be said about yep. looking after the man. Um, I sit up there in the family stand at the end of the game, and without without fault. He goes up to there and he, he chucks a kid uh, a pair of his enough. gloves and you know it's those little things that make yep. all the difference. Just going through his stats there, he's played more than double the amount yeah. of games for Perth Glory than any other club. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you feel about the the opportunity to meet Daniel Sturridge? Because yeah, obviously I, he's a he's a big engager with fans and as the the Glory's number one super fan, um, he'll be talking to you very quickly. I think. Yeah, oh, I've already arranged a meeting. Once he comes out of quarantine, I'm going to be at his first training session. Brilliant. Excellent. Yep. And, yeah. And plus, plus at the at the dinner, someone paid it was about five thousand six hundred dollars. Don't quote me on the exact mm. figure, but paid that for his first signed shirt. Wow! Someone forked out that money. Yeah, was it you? Was it first signed shirt? <laughs> I can't help but think if either signed up for Sydney or someone like that, the the whole country would be going mental about this. Um, it's a, it's one of the biggest signings that the the A League has seen, and and given that the man is still capable of playing EPL level, I think his his career is not fully behind well, him. Isn't that uh, the reason he's come here? That he wants to get yeah. back into the EPL? I mean, that's a huge. Oh look, who knows if West Brom make it back into the EPL, he hey, could go back home. Careful, couldn't he? careful. You could go back home. home. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I know you would. But, you know, look, at, I think the, the Eastern States would have gone absolutely crazy over him, him being signed. I think it's great that he's coming to us. Um, and I think, you know, from a, a fan's perspective, he's he really is a fan-friendly footballer. Yep. Do you see a front three there, Matt, with Fornaroli, Keogh and Sturridge? Or do you think it's only yeah, going to yeah. be a front two? Uh, I think a front three. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, plus, we've got that other Brazilian striker that not much, not much name has been brought about. Our new guy, which is all we signed. Sardinino, yeah. 
Yeah, he is. He is. He is very good as well. So mm. we've got another one. So it's going to be hard. To who, who's going to be the front? Is Keo maybe going to come off the bench? Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to come off the bench now, for them? Yeah, Sardino, Sardino, yeah. Spanish. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. just coming back to the, the you know, you're a, a super fan. Um, I, I can't think of any media release that they've had or any of the, the media packages that go out across the planet that doesn't have your mug on it somewhere along the line. <laughs> do, do, the, do the club help you at all? You know, you, you, you said that you, you, you've got a a worthwhile job there, but you don't have a, a, a whole string of money just to burn. Um, be nice to know that the club do look after you. Oh, well, in some ways, but financially, no. No. Okay. All right. No, no, look, and that's part of being a fan, but there's there's little things that they, they obviously could do and, and invite you to. So, you know, um, along the way, I think you, you need some recognition. I appreciate the fact that you're there because there's no way I'm getting dressed up and, and going to the extent that you do. And I, I think it's it's people like you that really make the the, the, the atmosphere and the experience yep. Of, yep. of the glory. You know, you, and as you said, the guy that dresses up as Kiss, um, these are all people you're looking mm. for. You know things are right with the world. When I see you sitting there behind the, the fourth <laughs> official and, and the, uh, the Kiss guy in, in the shed, all is right with the world. Yeah, and I will leave you guys with a bit. You may not have heard this. At the business lunch, Tony Sage announced that they've struck a deal with Liverpool to come play us. Yes, once the borders open. Yes, brilliant. You know, that'd be absolutely brilliant. Um, look, it's, it's great. Um, look, like you, I love the club. I'm I'm not as touched as you are, but you know, I, I'm close. Um, but really, I do thank you for what you do, Matt. Yeah, it's, yeah. It just shows that. Everybody can enjoy the game in so many different ways. Um, and, you know, look, it's great to see your passion is out there every every match. Yep. Thank you. No worries. Keep up the good I, work, I, Matt. And I don't do it to get appreciated. I do it for fun. Yeah, but we do appreciate it. Yeah, but you see, the thing is, the fun fun is infectious. Yes. And, and you're infecting everybody. You are a positive <laughs> COVID module out yes. there just spreading a bit of fun to everybody, mate. Well done. Yep. Okay. Thanks, mate. Good on you, Matt. Have a See good you, day. Matty. Bye. See ya. What a champ, eh? Matt oh, Stacey. absolutely. Yeah, look, I, I think to be celebrated because, um, you know, it takes people like that yeah, bordering yeah. On, on being nut jobs, but, you know, it's great. It's, yeah. it's fun. It's infectious. You know, they got it, the, you know the, the guy in the gold suit for Collingwood. I'm not going to mention his name because it's no. the, other, the other thing. But yeah. again, you, you see him, you super fans, you spot him, you go, you beauty, we're in here. And you're always wondering what he's going to turn up in the following year because yeah. he does <laughs> change his look. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal, you know, yeah. and I think, you know, he's, um, he's just a, an all round top guy. And you know that's yep. that's what we need. People Loam showing show. their passion, yep. and you know. Yep. Next time you're at the glory, you, you won't be hard to spot him. Go up and say, "All I, right, I heard so you on the show." That's us for this week. You, thank you for being on. My um, pleasure. You're hosting next week. I'll be uh, trying to press the buttons in the right order. Yes, uh, and putting the heavy weight on the button. Yeah, yeah. no worries. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for me. being on. Thank you for you home listening. Lenny's in here with the jazz show very shortly, so that will be us so thank you for listening this has been the world football program i'm sean kelly and we'll be back in a couple of weeks join us again next week at the same time for the world football program on radio Fremantle 107.9 fm